I always have trouble summarising events or reports or speeches or developments. Feeling the need to include many details, my summaries often end up being almost as long as the item being summarised. So when a commission of inquiry into human rights within the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, the DPRK, produced a lengthy report eight months ago on the unspeakable atrocities committed within North Korea, I surveyed the internet for the best summary of it. Appropriately, a website in Geneva, probably connected to the United Nations, won my contest. Quote, Geneva, 17th February 2014. A wide array of crimes against humanity arising from policies established at the highest level of state have been committed and continue to take place in the Democratic People's Republic of Korea according to a UN report released Monday which also calls for urgent action by the international community to address the human rights situation in the country including referral to the International Criminal Court. In a 400-page set of linked reports and supporting documents based on first-hand testimony from victims and witnesses, the United Nations Commission of Inquiry on Human Rights in the DPRK has documented in great detail the unspeakable atrocities committed in that country. The gravity, scale and nature of these violations reveal a state that does not have any parallel in the contemporary world. The commission established by the Human Rights Council in March 2013 says in a report that is unprecedented in scope. These crimes against humanity entail extermination, murder, enslavement, torture, imprisonment, rape, forced abortions and other sexual violence, persecution on political, religious, racial and gender grounds, the forcible transfer of populations, the enforced disappearance of persons and the inhumane act of knowingly causing prolonged starvation, the report says, adding that crimes against humanity are ongoing in the democratic People's Republic of Korea because the policies, institutions and patterns of impunity that lie at their heart remain in place. The second more detailed section of the report cites evidence provided by individual victims and witnesses, including the harrowing treatment meted out to political prisoners, some of whom said they would catch snakes and mice in order to feed malnourished babies. Others told of watching family members being murdered in prison camps and of defenceless inmates being used for martial arts practice. The fact that the Democratic People's Republic of Korea has for decades pursued policies involving crimes that shock the conscience of humanity raises questions about the inadequacy of the response of the international community, the report stated. The international community must accept its responsibility to protect the people of the DPRK from crimes against humanity because the government of the DPRK, displaying many of the attributes of a totalitarian state, has manifestly failed to do so. 
There is an almost complete denial of the right to freedom of thought, conscience and religion, as well as of the rights to freedom of opinion, expression, information and association, the report says. Adding that propaganda is used by the state to manufacture absolute obedience to the supreme leader and to incite nationalistic hatred towards some other states and their nationals. State surveillance permeates private lives and virtually no expression critical of the political system goes undetected or unpunished. The key to the political system is the vast political and security apparatus that strategically uses surveillance, coercion, fear and punishment to preclude the expression of any dissent. Public executions and enforced disappearance to political prison camps serve as the ultimate means to terrorise the population into submission, the report states. Unquote. In a memorable article which appeared the very next day in the Wall Street Journal, economist and Korean expert Nicholas Eberstadt posed a highly relevant question which is still being answered today. Quote, in the past, there were excuses for those inclined to ignore or deny the horrors the DPRK routinely inflicts upon its subjects. Defectors have an axe to grind, we are told. In American intelligence is making up stories. Pyongyang's foreign enemies stand to profit from these tales. There is nowhere for North Korea's apologists to hide now. The 200,000-word report released Monday by the Commission of Inquiry for the United Nations Human Rights Council, led by the Australian jurist Michael Kirby, in effect presents the world with a black book on North Korean communism. The report is a careful but shocking document, the result of a year-long investigation based on public hearings in Seoul, Tokyo, London and Washington, public testimony from more than 80 witnesses and an additional 240 private interviews. Much of the material is based on first-hand testimony of escapees from this hell on earth. The gravity, scale and nature of these violations does not have any parallel in the contemporary world, the report says. It charges the North Korean government with crimes against humanity and urges international action. The question to those of us beyond the reach of the North Korean regime is, now that we know this terrible truth, what do we do about it? Unquote. Well, of course, press coverage of the report was momentary and not sustained. There are still many who do not know the terrible truths which the report revealed. But Justice Michael Kirby and his associates have been active in taking the message to interested governments and also to a wider audience. No one will be able to say in the future, if only we'd known about North Korea, as they said after the Second World War, if only we'd known... Well, now everyone will know, and it will be available in our report, and it is a wake-up signal to the world. U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry hosted a discussion of North Korea's human rights violations on the sidelines of the annual UN General Assembly session. Now the first specific moves have been made to answer that question, what do we do about it? 
In the middle of October, Japan and the European Union circulated a draft resolution among UN member states proposing that North Korea should be referred to the International Criminal Court for Crimes Against Humanity as recommended by the Commission. The New York Times reports that so far 43 nations have signed on in support of that resolution. How many of those 43 are also members of the Security Council is not known. But it is the vote in the Security Council rather than any vote in the General Assembly which will be crucial in deciding whether or not North Korea's case goes to the International Criminal Court, the ICC. Before that, there will evidently be an initial vote in the UN Human Rights Committee sometime this November. Before the resolution could go to the 15-member Security Council, it would also require a simple majority in the 193-member General Assembly. The New York Times' Somini Sengupta notes that even then, a Security Council referral is hardly enough to result in a prosecution. The Security Council referred both Darfur and Libya to the International Criminal Court, but the prosecutor has been unable to gain custody of any of the leaders that the Council has indicated. Amazingly, Sengutta's piece on the ICC appeared shortly after the New York Times and many other newspapers, speculated on the latest North Korean mystery, a diplomatic charm offensive. Much was made of some scattered facts. The North had sent a high-level delegation to the closing ceremony of the Asian Games in Seoul. A senior North Korean diplomat had expressed an interest in dialogue with the European Union. Another senior North Korean diplomat surprisingly visited a session at the Council on Foreign Relations in New York. <laughs> the mystery, of course, was no mystery at all. Belatedly, very belatedly, the North Korean regime was so involved in its customary extolling of the virtues of the Kim dynastic dictatorship that it completely overlooked the very real threat that the regime was now facing. Predictably, too, when the regime did finally get around to defending itself, their defence was completely divorced from reality, the reality which the UN Commission had painstakingly described. The regime even released its own support on human rights in North Korea, together with the draft resolution, commending its record, claiming that North Koreans enjoy freedom of speech and protection from torture. Significantly, China has demonstrated some willingness to defend the record of its ally. The absorbing question remains, if a majority of UN members and of the Security Council show a willingness to vote with the Commission report, will Beijing exercise its right to veto? Will China give priority to not being seen to deserting a long-time ally? Or will China make a move consistent with the fact that when President Xi Jinping first made a visit to Korea this year, he went to Seoul, not to Pyongyang? Will China's traditional sense of realpolitik prevail, or will it stick to its belief that human rights disputes should be handled through dialogue and cooperation rather than referrals to the ICC? 
Will Obama and Xi Jinping discuss this vexed issue when they meet in Beijing in a couple of weeks' time? I want to end today by returning to that memorable article by Nicholas Eberstadt, which I mentioned earlier, and to his idealistic but highly relevant ending. Quote, Given this bombshell report, democratic governments and independent organizations can no longer act as if they did not know. Their dealings with Pyongyang must always be considered in light of this damning document. Now is the time for the never-agains. Never again should Western humanitarian aid be given to North Korea to hand out at its own discretion as if Pyongyang were a government like any other. Never again must Beijing, which, like Pyongyang, refused to cooperate with the UN investigation, be given a free pass for financing, enabling and protecting this most odious of all regimes. Challenge China to veto the referral for crimes against humanity on the UN Security Council and let Beijing go on record defending state-sponsored mass murder. Make the Chinese veto it 20 times if they dare. Beijing is highly sensitive to public shaming and it must be shamed and penalized for its indefensible support of Pyongyang until it cuts its client state loose. Never again must South Koreans avert their eyes from the catastrophe that is befalling their compatriots across the demilitarized zone. Never again must Seoul forget that it is legally bound to grant citizenship to refugees from the nightmare to the north. Never again must the rest of us live comfortably with the knowledge of what is happening right now to ordinary people in North Korea.